Our text is from St. Luke, the 16th chapter. And I read, Abraham said uh, to the rich man who wanted to warn his brothers, they have Moses and the prophets. Let your brothers listen to them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Dear friends of Christ, today... Uh, our parable from Jesus is of the rich man and the poor beggar named Lazarus. And poor beggar, uh, poor Lazarus, he really had it bad. He was a, he was a destitute. Uh, he lived off of the food that the rich man threw away. And, you know, we have food on our tables, but eating food that was uh, trash, the only medical care he had were the dogs that would lick his sores. Those are the only people caring for him. But Lazarus's poverty would end. And he died. And he was carried to heaven. And that's when everything was turned upside down. Because the rich man also died. And he went to hell. So Lazarus went to heaven. When he did, he gained everything. The rich man, when he died, went to hell. And he lost everything. So everything gets turned upside down. The, the beggar becomes rich. The rich man becomes a beggar. Now, this is where things get really interesting in the parable because it's at this point that Jesus uh, talks about this invisible curtain that separates heaven from hell. And that invisible curtain is rolled back so that Lazarus is able to see, uh, or Lazarus is able to see the rich man in hell, and the rich man is able to see Lazarus reclining in Abraham's bosom. And He's, the rich man's able to see Lazarus and all the pleasures of heaven, which tormented him all the more. But this parable isn't about the joys of heaven or the torments of hell. This parable isn't about, even about how the souls in hell communicate with the souls in heaven. It's a parable. And parables teach a point. And in order to get the point, to get the key of what this is all about, we have to listen to the words of Abraham. Abraham gives us the key to all this. So let's consider his words under our theme, Hear God's Word and Live. Hear God's Word and Live. You know, the rich man, like I said, was suffering from the torments of hell, a like of which you and I could never even imagine, the torment of it all. And as he laid there in hell and his soul was languishing, he came to realize that he'd wasted his life away. He had spent his whole life enjoying all the wealth when he was alive, but he didn't tend to his soul. Didn't care about God. Didn't care about learning about God. He didn't want to hear about God. And wouldn't go to church, wouldn't go to synagogue. He had better things to do. He had to spend his money. He had to enjoy his wealth. And so, however, now the man is in hell. He had lost everything. All the earthly pleasures that he once had were now in the past. And, by the way, did you know that there aren't any atheists in hell? Not one. And so he becomes a believer in hell, but it's too late. And in anguish, the rich man's thoughts turn to his five brothers who are still alive on earth. And he thinks they need to be saved. Somebody needs to go down there. This is a terrible place. Because, see, he understood they weren't Christians. He knew they were stubborn, and they, weren't, they were rebellious. They weren't going to believe in God either. Somebody needs to tell them. Somebody needs to warn them. 
maybe a spirit, uh, maybe Lazarus. Abraham, can you send Lazarus to go tell my brothers? And of course, you know, that, that's kind of weird. Maybe a, a spooky spirit would scare them straight, just in time for Halloween, right? That, a, that a, a spirit would go down and appear to them. Someone, a voice from the dead, would come and speak to them and, and wake them up. That would do the trick. It's kind of like Char, Char, uh, Charles Dickens' book, that, that famous book, A Christmas Carol. You remember old Ebenezer Scrooge? And old Marley, who had uh, been so greedy with his money too? Charles Dickens took that whole Christmas carol from this from this parable. And so here you've got old Marley, and, and he's dead, he's in hell, but he decides he's going to come back and he's going to warn his friend Scrooge, who's just as greedy and caught up in the sin of his stuff. And so he sends three ghosts. Ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Remember that? That's what the rich man wanted. He wanted to send the ghosts. But uh, the key to understand this whole scene comes from Abraham's response. But what would happen if ghosts came and warned his five brothers? Well, Abraham says nothing would happen. If we sent ghosts from heaven to go talk to them and to warn them, they wouldn't listen to the warning because they're not listening to the warning here on earth. This is what Moses said. Your five brothers have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Moses and the prophets, that means they, they have the Word of God. They have the Old Testament. They have that testimony from the Bible. Let them listen to the Bible like everybody else has to do. The Bible has warned you. The Bible has made it clear. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. Do not believe, you will not be saved. And so the Bible makes it clear. They had the Old Testament. They had the prophets. And Abraham said, you know those five brothers you're so worried about? Well, they have God's word. Just like everybody else. They can hear God's word just like everybody else. They have the same opportunity. They can listen to the Bible and learn. Now, that kind of answer may seem a bit harsh to you. They have the Bible. They can listen to the Bible too. No, we're not going to warn them. Because this is probably the first time the, the rich man in hell ever wanted to do something for somebody else besides himself. And so you'd think that heaven would say, well, sure, let's go down and warn those guys. But nope. Because day, today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day for you to hear God's word. Today is the day for you to believe in the promises of God. Not tomorrow. Today is a day to cling to Christ, to cling to His promises of salvation, to know that He has loved you, that His grace freely forgives you all your sins, to be released from all that stuff that, that binds you to your broken, sinful heart. It's not safe to ignore what God says in His Word. And that's why the rich man was in hell. Because he ignored God's Word. Lazarus didn't. Lazarus paid attention to God's word. He listened. He took that word of God to heart. He believed in Jesus. He spent his whole life clinging. He was impoverished. He had nothing. But he had Jesus. He had the forgiveness of sins. 
He had the Word of God. He had His promise that the Lord would never leave him and never forsake him. You know that plain old Bible you have in your home? Same Bible that Lazarus had. That same plain old Bible that, you, that gets kind of dusty from time to time. That's the Bible that Lazarus trusted, that Word of God. And that Word of God worked a miracle in his heart. That Word of God enabled Lazarus to believe in him. To come to salvation through Christ Jesus that saved his soul. Just like this Word of God is saving your soul. The Word of God taught Lazarus that he's saved by grace because God's Word assures us all there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We believe that. Listen, the rich man and Lazarus both died. It's going to happen to you someday going to come a time where one day God is going to take you from this world and he's going to take you away. And you know how you were born to this world? How you came out of your mother's womb? Our epistle talked about it. You came into the world with nothing naked. You didn't have a gold diamond studded necklace around your neck you didn't come with a million dollars packed into your hand and i don't care how much you have now when you leave you leave the same way you came with nothing remember the words of job after he lost all of his children he was a wealthy man and there's nothing wrong with wealth job was wealthy david was wealthy many men of the bible were wealthy. They just did not love their money more than they loved God. And that's the danger. Job, remember, he loved God after, after he lost all his children, lost all of his property, lost all of his wealth. He said, naked from my mother's womb I came, and naked I will depart. The Lord has given, and now the Lord's taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Our epistle lesson from 1 Timothy, Paul writes to young pastor Timothy these words of advice. He says, people who want to get rich, who have that desire and greed, they fall into a temptation and a trap, a snare, you know, like an animal, and like a mouse trap. And you bait that mouse trap, and the mouse doesn't know what he's doing, and he sniffs at the, sniffs at the bait, and, you know, it snaps his neck. Money. Greed, temptation like that, the love of money, getting your possessions and your material things all out of whack and not understanding how those are meant to be a blessing to you and how your, the things that you possess are meant to be a blessing to others. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. And that's exactly what happened to the rich man in our text. He wandered from the Lord. He was trapped by his wealth. He was possessed by his possessions. And he loved those things more than he loved God. And he paid the price. They lulled him into a spiritual sleep, and he didn't wake up for that, from that sleep until he was burning in the torments of hell. 
money and possessions, plunged him into ruin and destruction. Listen, there's nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with money. Money's a blessing. (laughs) And if you have money, you understand the blessing that it does. God gave you money so that he could bless you. It's a gift. That's how we live. That's how we provide for ourselves. There's nothing wrong with even wanting money. It's good to want. There's nothing wrong with wanting more money so that you can provide for your needs. There's nothing wrong with wanting more money so that you can provide for your family. There's nothing wrong with wanting money so that you can provide for church ministry, so that you can support missionaries. That's a blessing. There's nothing wrong with wanting money so that you can support our Great Lakes Lutheran School. Teach children about Jesus. There's nothing wrong with wanting money so that you can help the poor and help the needy and be generous. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what God expects, how He expects you to manage your money. To use your money wisely so that you can support things like that. He gives you wealth so that you can be a blessing to yourself and to others. Money is a blessing if you don't abuse it. Money is a blessing. When we use it as a blessing, however we love money, and if we do love money more than we love God, if our possessions possess us, Well, then, first of all, we break the first commandment, but second of all, it can lead us into all kinds of death and destruction like it did the rich man, and we'll find ourselves in the same place of the rich man in in the parable, the same predicament in hell, wandered away from God. But if you confess your sin, acknowledge that we have this sinful, evil heart that, that struggles with putting God first above all things. If you confess your sin, if you repent, turn away from all that and say, Dear Lord Jesus, have mercy upon my soul. If you find favor in God's sight and He forgives you all your sins, you will have, you'll be in the same predicament as Lazarus. Sitting in the lap of luxury in the, in the pleasures of heaven. However, until then, there's not going to be any warnings. You won't have any spirits visiting you, knocking on your door and saying, oh, you got to watch out. The people who are in hell are letting you know it's a terrible place. You better do what you need to do to hear that word of God and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. There aren't going to be any spirits, Halloween spirits, to scare you straight. You already have all you need. You have Moses and the prophets, the word made sure. The proclamation of forgiveness that God's Son is strong to save. That Jesus Christ is the one who died to save you. That in His sacrifice, because of what He's done for you, when you depart this earth, just like His tomb was empty, one day yours will be too, and you will live and dwell in the presence of God forever. That's what Moses and the prophets say. You have the inspired Word of God, you have Jesus. You know, the Word of God takes us to the crossroads of heaven and hell. And how you make that journey to heaven or hell will all depend on the path. 
And there at the crossroads of heaven and hell, you'll find Christ the crucified. Christ the crucified who died for all the sinners. The Holy Cross is a certain sign that eternal life has been opened for you, that all your sins have been forgiven and placed upon His shoulders, that cleansing blood of a Father who's loved you through His Son. And He's waiting for the day. He's waiting for the day that you're going to join all the other beggars in heaven, all the other Lazaruses, because we're all Lazaruses. We all have to call upon God's mercy. We all depend upon the few crumbs that fall from our Master's table. That's what we live on. The body and blood of Christ in the Lord's Supper. And He says, here is my body, take and eat. Man does not live by bread alone, but by the Word of God that lasts forever. And we cling to that Word. We live by the crumbs. We're beggars. We're poor in sin. Helpless and sick and sore. But Jesus has attached Himself to us. Jesus has attached himself with beggars, and that's where we find him. And he became a beggar to save beggars. To make the beggars rich with his grace and forgiveness. But for now, we're all beggars. Martin Luther, do you remember before he died, he said something amazing. Just before he was called away from this earth, his last words were said to be, we're all beggars. We're all Lazaruses, each one of us, in need of God's mercy. And you know what? You can hear all about that mercy in God's Word. God's Word talks all about it, so that you can avoid that perilous fate of the rich man. And just as Lazarus did, listen, hear, learn, obey, Moses and the prophets the Word of God made more sure. As the evangelists have said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. Blessed are you in Christ, for your sins are forgiven. You see, the gates of hell have no power over you. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.